from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Graham, I'm VK4BB and today is March 19. Yes, it's the WIA news for week commencing March 19, 2017. And Comms Connect Perth on the 16th of March featured a lineup of Australian and international speakers presenting great opportunities for networking. The organisers arranged a comprehensive array of speakers and topics, including the changing landscape of Land Mobile, the ACMA activities and compliance priorities, and future of cyber warfare, protecting critical infrastructure. The annual Meet the Voice barbecue and presentation of the Sewing Circle Trophy is being held at Ross on the banks of the Macquarie River today, Sunday the 19th. Please check the website and the link. It's one of Australia's easiest to recall. Meetthevoice.org Owen Justin VK7TW will be there and you can quiz him on being a candidate for the WIA board and I understand he'll also have proxy forms, all prim and proper, with him if you would like to avail yourself of this. WIA Board Talk and Volunteers for the WIA Monitoring System Wireless Institute of Australia observers looking for intruders on the primary frequencies of our amateur service on HF bands in 2016 found more than 5,000 intrusions. 5,000. These were collated and sent to the Spectrum Regulatory Agency in IARU member countries. A resulting clampdown on the Indonesian village radio stations was occurring with the government regulator there progressively removing offenders. The WIA reports intruders to the Australian Communications and Media Authority, but due to the itinerant nature of some intruders, this can prolong the process for their removal. Unfortunately, some authorities in the world seem to ignore requests for the removal of interfering services. An increasing number of digital emissions are intruding, and the use of software-defined receivers have identified non-amateur digital systems that are frequency hopping. The Manly Warringah Amateur Radio Society, they have a five-band SDR receiver system that greatly assists in monitoring activities. Perhaps other clubs can help too? For the WIA monitoring system to work, volunteers are required. And information on how to join the WIA monitoring system can be found on wia.org.au. The latest IARU Region 1 monitoring system newsletter reports a STANAG 4285 signal in the 40 metre amateur radio band, probably from the Falkland Islands. STANAG 4285 is typically, but not exclusively, used by the military. From 40 metre intruders to 60 metre silence. WIA Director Roger Harrison VK2ZRH pops in with further news about the new 60 metre amateur band, which is not yet available to we and VK. As most listeners already know, the worldwide allocation to the amateur service of a 15 kilohertz slice of spectrum at 5.3 megahertz was agreed at the World Radio Communication Conference in November 2015. The new global amateur band has even been written into the latest Australian Radio Frequency Spectrum Plan, which came into force on the 1st of January, 10 weeks ago. Yet, here we are, still waiting on the sidelines while our fellow amateurs in dozens of other countries are enjoying the fruits afforded by the propagation gods and making contacts all over the world. All over the world, but not here. It seems that We're like a bunch of students trapped on a bus that is on its way to a long-awaited school picnic, but it's being held up in traffic. 
I can hear the chorus that breaks out spontaneously among the student passengers. How does it go? Why are we waiting? There has been sustained interest in the 60 metre band for at least a decade. Naturally enough, now that the decision has been made, there is a level of frustration building among 60 metre enthusiasts. For those of us in the WIA, at the pointy end of dealing with the government, it's something that we feel too. We are mindful, however, of the amount of work behind the scenes over years by a small band of WIA volunteers that it took in securing formal agreement of the Australian position by the official delegation prior to the World Radio Communication Conference in 2015. Achieving agreement at that conference was a significant thing. Now it certainly seems cruelly ironic that amateurs in many countries throughout the world are able to explore the new 60 metre band while Australian amateurs lag behind. It's no wonder then that some of our very keen 60 metre enthusiasts express a sense of embarrassment that Australia looks so backward to the outside world. But then perhaps we're not the only amateurs suffering. It is notable that in the USA the Federal Communication Commission, the FCC, is dragging the chain on instituting the new 60 metre band. I also note that the FCC has not yet allocated the 2200 metre band and 630 metre bands to US amateurs. We have been able to use the 2200 metre band for almost a decade and the 630 metre band for four years. Both of these allocations came about from decisions made at World Radio Communication Conferences. We need to keep in mind that Australia is a sovereign nation and we have our own laws that must be followed. Sure, the WIA would like to see a quicker path to obtaining agreement with the government to allow Australian amateurs to use the new 60 metre band. Other nations have their own laws and processes that can see things happen faster where allocation and use of 60 metres is not much of an issue as it is here. As listeners would be aware, the WIA and the ACMA are working on amendments to the licence conditions, of which access to 60 metres is but one. That said, allocation of the new 60 metre band was the top priority in the WIA's submission on licensing conditions to the ACMA last year. The WIA is pressing for sensible conditions for access to the 60 metre band that all stakeholders can agree to, including those licensees currently occupying the band. As with other hot-button licensing issues, I can hear the chants echoing from keen enthusiasts at club gatherings and hamfests. What do we want? 60 metres. When do we want it? Now. Einstein was right. In the continuum of time, now is a relative term. Advocacy, education, support, that's what we do. This has been WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH, for VK1WIA News. Are you correct on the WIA membership records? The WIA has found that incorrect address details are affecting membership renewal notices and other services through the membership management system called MemNet. Your current postal address is required to receive AR magazine, renewal notices and other important information from the WIA, while your current email address is required to take advantage of the MemNet services, such as the digital magazine, news summaries and award certificates. Members who don't use email can update their details using the Member Inquiry form, available from the WIA on request. And have you voted? This is a reminder to those eligible to vote in the WIA elections that ballots close soon.
A list of financial WIA members was used for the postal ballot in late February. An election pack of information was inserted into AR Magazine for March and sent through Australia Post for those who do not receive a paper copy of the magazine. The result is expected by late April, with those elected to form the WIA board after the general meeting is held in May. And speaking of our AGM... Good morning. This is Grant, BK5 Golf Romeo. Did you know that the WIA AGM and convention in South Australia to be held on May 19th to the 21st, is more than just an AGM? The Radio Clubs of South Australia are putting together an engaging program showcasing amateur radio and many of the interesting and innovative things that are underway within the hobby here in South Australia. After the AGM meeting proper on Saturday morning, the afternoon showcase will provide insights into many facets of amateur radio, from operating portable to working on the microwave bands, from transmitting digital ATV to building low-band HF antennas for confined spaces. Along the way, you'll be introduced to a narrative that you can use to talk about this fantastic hobby of ours with newcomers, as well as being given glimpses of what might become your next new love in amateur radio. To tell you more about one of the topics that are planned, here is David, VK5DGR. For the past eight years, I've been working on open-source digital voice for HF radio. The goal is to come up with a system that works as well as, or better than, analog SSB a mode that has been dominant for over 50 years now. Turns out this is a really tough task. SSB is very efficient at getting voice messages through HF channels. To get this far, I've had to develop various open-source, patent-free speech codecs and modems, and I've bundled them up in a software package called FreeDV. In my talk at the WIA AGM, I'll explain the FreeDV system and how you can get started with this new mode. I'll also talk about how far we've come, what the current challenges are, and what's coming up in the near future for FreeDV. So 73s and look forward to seeing you very soon. So if this or any other topics take your interest, then don't delay. Make your bookings now and get to Handorf on the weekend of May 19th to the 21st. More information about the convention weekend is available on the WIA website. 73s from Grant, VK5GR, for the WIA GM and convention VK5 Organising Committee. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Now to Discussion Point and from Q News, Jeff Emery, VK4ZPP, has been thinking again. After last fortnight's broadcast, it was apparent how difficult it can be to get a message across. Jeff tried to receive the transmission from Interstate on AM. The news was perfectly clear on his local two-metre repeater, but VK4ZPP likes a bit of a challenge. I know that the local AM broadcasts just don't make the trip because of power and short-distance propagation. But if everything lines up, the higher-powered signal from VK2 makes it out of the speaker for me. Now, these sort of facts are pretty common knowledge to the average amateur operator. There are nice illustrations to explain graphically just what the processes are. In the study of face-to-face -face communication, the same kinds of explanations and language are commonly used. We have a sender and a receiver who wish to pass a message between them. In a perfect situation, this would be done instantaneously. Except, there always has to be that, doesn't there? Except, there is noise, which masks the message for the person listening. It may be physical noise, it 
maybe a state of mind or an attitude that makes the language appear other than what the sender meant. This is a problem in normal human interactions, but it's the meat in the sandwich for advertising and the need of clarity in the caring professions. What I saw indicated a lot of noise was around the national news broadcast. People took offence at a description used to show a type of uncritical behaviour. People blamed the WIA board for the content of the news, and it was obvious that attitudes had shaped the message received, rather than what was meant by the senders. Being able to get a message across without error and misunderstanding only gets more difficult when the norms of behaviour, the things we adhere to in our amateur's code, are left behind. Before taking umbrage or offence, we should try and filter the QRM at our QTH, just the same as we do during a contact. I'm Jeff Emery, and that's what I think. How about you? With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. In ZL, their radio communications regulations for cordless telephones has been updated and sets an end date for the 1895 to 1920 megahertz band. The general user radio license is valid from the 1st of March 2017 and the new notice was published in the Gazette on Thursday the 2nd of March 2017. Malay Mail reports the BBC's Thailand transmission towers fall silent as junta talks falter. The BBC World Service has stopped broadcasting from one of its major global transmission stations situated in Thailand after talks broke down with a junta riled by its uncensored coverage. Sources with knowledge of the negotiations said the BBC's Thai language output impeded discussions about renewing the 20-year lease on the complex, the network's main shortwave broadcast station for Asia. The centre's large red and white transmission towers, 240 kilometres north of Bangkok, beamed local language news into tightly controlled countries such as China and North Korea and into places where many still rely on radio like Pakistan and Afghanistan. Swedish PTS rejects entry-level ham radio licence. Sweden's communications regulator, PTS, has rejected the idea of an entry-level amateur radio licence. Sweden's National Amateur Radio Society, SSA, say the proposal was categorically rejected. The SSA says it must now find new ways to motivate young people, and even older, to participate in our hobby. Amateur Radio's future in Sweden is an urgent issue that will be discussed during an upcoming meeting. Ham Radio at Vimy Ridge Commemoration At the 100th anniversary commemorative services at Vimy Ridge, France, between April 1 and 9, 14 Canadians, as well as two French citizens, will run an amateur radio station near the historic battleground to tell the world about Canada's contribution to World War I. The Canadian success at the German-held Vimy Ridge in April 1917 proved a turning point in the Great War and put the country on the map for its military prowess. Vimy also holds a special place for amateur radio enthusiasts in Canada as it was the base for the wireless operations of the Canadian Corps of Signals after the ridge fell to the Allies. You can read the full stories at the links provided in the text edition of WIA National News. New amateur radio regulations for Cuba were published on March the 10th. 
The new legal body consists of 17 chapters and 182 articles, which contain the regulations governing radio amateurs in Cuba. It includes an important group of modifications with respect to the previous regulation, including new authorised bans, extension of the expiration period of licences and capacity certificates and regulations for the importation of equipment, antennas and other accessories. Cuba has adopted the approach of listing permitted modes by band with up to 31 emission designators specified for some bands. A drawback of attempting to list every possible emission designator for each band is that some will inevitably be missed. For example, the new regulations do not appear to include the F7W and FXE designators for D-Star and DMR. Cuba has three classes of licence, first class, prefix Charlie Oscar, 2000 watts maximum, second class, prefix Charlie Mike, 100 watts maximum, third class, prefix Charlie Lima, 10 watts maximum. She's a scholar and a top ham. Ham radio may have just helped launch the physics career of one Indiana teenager, as Newsline's Neil Rapp, WB9VPG, reported last week. Maria Lisandru, KD9BUS, is one of 150 students nationally to be named a Coca-Cola Scholar. Maria was selected from over 86,000 applicants. The scholarship program focused mostly on community involvement, which included her music and, of course, ham radio. For some of the essays, they were just mainly about leadership and how you've been a leader throughout your community. And one of my communities was I, that I talked about ham radio. So I talked about how I'm a woman in science and how I go to my research lab and I'm one of the only people in my astrophysics research lab, or the only woman in my research lab. And it makes me want to continue to pursue science because I want to kind of merge that gender gap in science, especially in physics. And so I talked about ham radio and how during contests I'm like one of the only women on air and how um, I went to the Dayton Hamvention. Mr. Rapp invited me to the Dayton Hamvention and he contacted the people there and I actually talked to, at the educator forum or the teachers forum and I talked about how to get more women in science and more women in ham radio specifically. Basking in the sunlight rating off of Maria, I'm Mr. Rapp, WB9 VPG reporting for Amateur Radio Newsline. From the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm editor Karen Eve Murray, KD2GUT, and you're listening to VK1WIA. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming, and text at wia.org.au. Good morning, this is Dennis, VK4AE, coordinator for the WIA John Moyle Memorial Field Day. When you hear this news broadcast, this year's contest will be already in progress over the weekend, 18th, 19th of March, and will conclude at 0100 UTC today. While you may have left your run a bit late as a portable station, there is little to stop you from taking part as a home station, or perhaps even as a mobile station. Those portable stations that are out in the field may be too busy to hear this news service as it goes to air, for they will be flat out making contacts and logging the many stations whom they have contacted during this year's field day. While the contest activities will soon be over, the next part of the field day activity will soon commence. When the contesting actually ends and the rigs are powered down, the task of dismantling the station commences. This is not a lot of fun as everyone is exhausted by the long night's effort of taking part. 
However, you must remember that a job is not completed until the paperwork is done. Your log is vital to your efforts by recording all of those contacts you have had during these long hours, but just as important in verifying all of those contacts made by other stations. So the log is a two-part document, not just for you, but for everyone else you have contacted. So please... Do not forget to complete your log and submit it either electronically to the various email addresses or by snail mail. But remember, the closing date will be midnight on the 26th of April 2017. I look forward to receiving the log of your efforts this year. Last year there were well over a thousand stations who took part, but only 152 took the time and effort to bother to submit a log. I hope you've enjoyed the field day, and as soon as the logs are all received, the results will be published as soon as possible after that date. Thank you. Thanks, Dennis VK4AE, and as we say, have fun in the contest. With more DX and contest news, I'm Felix VK4FUQ. WIA's Harangel Memorial 80 Meter Sprint, Saturday, May 6th, 10 hours to 11.46 UTC. May 13 and 14, Mills on the Air. So far, 13 mills have registered for the weekend of fun May 13 and 14. Most are British, two in Holland, another in Belgium, and the first ever in its decade-long history is in Australia. This is Anderson's Mill in Smeaton in central Victoria to be run by the Central Goldfields Amateur Radio Group VK3BI. Now the and some rather special VI calls. VI100 TRF. Rotarians of Amateur Radio, RAW, in Australia have hit the HF bands for three months from the 26th of February to May 26, with the special event call sign VI100TRF, this to highlight the Rotary Foundation's work over the past 100 years. VI3FB75 Active March 17, 18, 19 at the Late Bogger Catalina Communications Bunker in northwest Victoria. Marking the 75th anniversary of Late Bogger Flying Boat Base during World War II. S21GM and S21KW is on the air from Bangladesh until the 27th of March. Using the 160-10 metre bands, the team will operate CWSSB and RIDI. Now a few to log this weekend, so hop to it. PA2017BP is on the air till the 20th of March to commemorate Lord Baden-Powell, founder of the Scout Movement, also known as the Boy Scouts, QSL to PA3EFR. The F6KOP expedition team will be in the Ivory Coast signing TU7C until the 19th of March. They will be active on all HF bands CWSSB and digital. QSL via F1ULQ. A multinational team travelled to Niger and activated 5U5R until the 20th of March. They will be on all bands from 160 to 10 metres on SSB, CW and RIDI. QSL to EA5RM. The EIDX group are signing 9N7EI from Nepal until the 20th of March. The Swedish National Amateur Radio Society, SSA, reports three students and teachers visited this de-expedition, 9N7EI, in Nepal on March the 11th. Teacher Jonas, SA3JIF, said, Our students have the privilege to visit a de-expedition and take note of how logistics and structure works when several radio stations and operators communications around the world. The next radio contact will take place on March 20 between the pupils at home in Sweden and the students in Kathmandu and Nepal. At that point, the radio teachers Jorgen, SM3FJF, and Krista, SM3ESX, 
We'll use the auditorium at the Sandow Rescue College so that students and teachers can be together during the radio contact. Hi, I'm Brian, VK3GR, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group news, beginning at Defence and the full capability of the relocated C-band space surveillance radar system is a major project milestone for the Australian Defence Force and United States Air Force. The joint initiative between the US and Australia will enable better protection of the country's space-based capabilities. The C-band radar operated from Harold E. Holt Naval Communications Station near Exmouth, WA, is the first low-Earth orbit space surveillance network sensor in the Southern Hemisphere, said Minister for Defence, Maurice Payne. The C-band's space surveillance radar system was previously based in Antigua, where it was used by the United States for telemetry tracking of space launches from Cape Canaveral. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio. Clara, the Canadian Ladies Amateur Radio Association, celebrates their 50th anniversary celebration from July 18 to 21 this year in Winnipeg, Manitoba. Clara has arranged for five different certificates to all radio amateurs who qualify according to the following conditions. Contact with any 10 YLs, contact with any 10 Clara member YLs, that's a special certificate, contact with 25 YLs, 50 YLs, and contact with any 50 amateur radio stations, YLs and OMs. All contacts must have been made this year, this calendar year, January 1 to December 31, 2017. VEL5ACJ is president, and for any further, you may email clarionylnews at gmail.com. Now, Worldwide Special Interest Group Maritime, the Maritime Radio Day 2017, takes place from 1200 UTC 14th of April until 2200 15th of April. Maritime Radio Day is held annually on the day of the sinking of RMS Titanic and remembers over 90 years of professional wireless service for seafarers from its beginning in 1900 to its close down around 1999. MRD is open to all amateur radio stations. Special stations like coastal radios and ship call signs can participate to the MRD only if operated by former commercial or Navy operators, or by radio technicians who worked in the installation and or maintenance of naval equipment. Maritime-related museum stations are also welcome to register participation. So this radio day is April 14 and 15. What about April 18? Every April 18, radio amateurs worldwide take to the airwaves in celebration of World Amateur Radio Day. It was on that day in 1925 that the International Amateur Radio Union was formed in Paris. Amateur radio was in grave danger of being pushed aside, the IARU's history has noted. Amateur radio pioneers met in Paris in 1925 and created the IARU to support amateur radio worldwide. These days tend to all be a little confusing on World Radio Day, as it's an observance day held annually on the 13th of February. World Radio Day is about celebrating radio, why we love it, and why we need it today more than ever. So, if we've dazed you with these days, once again, you can read all about it in the text edition, best read at wia.org.au. And I'll leave you this week with Ed, VK2JI, and a look at special interest groups, Summits on the Air. I'm Brian, VK3GR. Australia calling the world, and that from mountaintops in New South Wales, the ACT, Victoria, South Australia and Western Australia. The first of two Summits on the Air, SOTA, actions started around 0700 UTC last Saturday, the 11th of March. In this, 
the Europe-Australia one, hopes were not high with predicted propagation and the results of a test the previous day by the organisers, Mike, 2 Echo 0 Yankee Yankee Yankee, and Andrew, Victor Kilo 1 Alpha Delta, suggesting that intercontinental contacts between summits would be very difficult. But despite those predictions, the amateur spirit kicked in, and early morning in Europe and late afternoon in Asia-Pacific, the stations were out in force on the summits. A total of 25 summits were activated in Europe, 8 in Australia, 5 in Japan and 1 in New Zealand. Luck was with the Hardy, and the band conditions, while variable, were better than the previous day, and summit-to-summit contacts were made between Australia and Europe, Japan and New Zealand. So all in all, a surprisingly successful event. Then, while the Europeans went home and had a nice restful evening, activators in Australia were heading out very early on Sunday morning to take part in the second event, this time to try for summit-to-summit contacts into North America. Three Australian activators camped overnight on their summits so they could take part in both events. Again, for the VK to North America path, predictions were not good, and in this case, unfortunately, the predictions were mainly true. Although intercontinental summit-to-home station contacts were made, and several S2S contacts made within each region, no intercontinental summit-to-summit contacts were achieved. This might sound a little disheartening, but in fact it has increased the resolve of those taking part to come back and try again when conditions are somewhat better and with improved antenna setups. I'm sure it won't be long before the VK to North America path will be as successful as the European to VK has been. Active during the VK to North American event were five summit stations from Australia, five from the USA and one from Japan. Going by the enthusiasm of those taking part, I expect there will be many more next time. These events are organised by individuals within the SOTA community, so it just shows how much fun can be had based simply on an idea, a date and a long walk up a hill. For VK1WIA News, this is Ed Durant. Victor Kilo 2, Juliet India. Well, you know where we are. We've reached the end of WIA and the National News Service for another week. I'm Graham VK4BB, and as we say, walk softly. But you can make a bit of noise today, March 19 in VK7. It's Meet the Voice Barbecue at Ross, 11.30am. And March 26 in VK3, EMDRC's Hamfest, the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. The doors open at 10am and tickets are only $6. The hall will be full of many interesting things, a selection of commercial traders from around Australia and the usual mix of tables with pre-loved gear, books, connectors, antennas and all kinds of interesting gadgets to explore and purchase. Jack's World Famous Barbecue will be cooking up a storm out the front for breakfast and lunch all day long. The Alara ladies will be manning the canteen for your complimentary tea and coffee fix and the Esky will be full of cold drinks. There are plenty of tables out the front to sit and catch up with old and new mates alike. The door prize and raffle is drawn at midday with a selection of goods from our commercial traders. Extra tickets are available for sale on the day. For more information, head to the club's website, emdrc.com.au, or just search for VK3ER on Facebook. See you next Sunday at the Hamfest. Thanks, EMDRC. From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.